Hey, we are Jesse and Cindy with Marriage and Coffee. We've been married for 10 years, have three kids, six and under, and we love marriage. We want to invite you to build a biblical foundation for marriage. We want to see your marriage be strong and fun while also building value and fighting culture. Our desire is to sit around the coffee table and have a conversation with you. So grab your favorite cup and brew and let's get into it. Good morning and welcome to the Marriage and Coffee Podcast. Yeah, we're excited to be here today. This is a special episode because we are going to give you guys a little bit of a look into our favorite coffee and we're going to dive into 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. We're trying to make this one a little bit shorter. We've got a lot going on right now in our lives, uh, including me getting ready to go out of town. So with that on... The topic, we didn't want to just abandon doing an episode this week, yeah. uh, but we did want to give you guys something to think about. Absolutely. So this morning we are drinking Casey, Kansas City's best coffee. It is Kansas City's best coffee, but it's not just, I mean, it is just Kansas City's best coffee, but it's not just one blend or another. We've actually blended two different roasts to make our perfect coffee we yep. feel like we yeah. love it we've been drinking it now for a well over a year <laughs> almost two years we've been yeah, drinking probably. this blend it actually might be closer to three yeah it's been a while yeah so we talked about their totally nuts blend uh and how much we liked that particular roast uh because it's kind of it's kind of sweet it's very nutty it has great flavor it's like the perfect evening coffee mm-hmm. but you know what it's not it's not the perfect breakfast coffee, in my opinion. All right. It's just doesn't have that pick-me-up. But Black Diamond, which is one of their other roasts, yep. does have that pick-me-up. It's true. And it's a good coffee. And we'll we'll isolate Black Diamond down the road and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, we take half Black Diamond, half Totally Nuts, blend them together. You get the strength and the, the boldness and just good plain coffee of mm-hmm. Black Diamond. And you get that added additional nutty flavor of the Totally Nuts. And in my opinion, we have found the perfect coffee blend. It's delicious. We That's drink for it. sure. We drink it more than we drink anything else. Uh, yes. Before we were reviewing coffees, this is pretty much all we have in our house. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> with with the exception of, you know, we'd get the occasional... This or that. This or, or that. Yeah. And, Dive into Black Rifle. I like Black Rifle. We started off doing scoop, like scoops, like two scoops of one and two scoops of another, and then we just started dumping the whole bags. Yeah, we just buy the into bags. a container and mixing it up. Yep, it was good enough. It wasn't ever worth even keeping them separate for us. <laughs> yeah. So technically, if you want this blend, you need two bags of coffee, which are like if you find them on sale, eight bucks, or otherwise like ten bucks a piece. And you have to come to Kansas City to get them. And you have to come to Kansas City so, to get them. This is probably not the best pitch <laughs> to be like, hey, go buy this coffee. Also, they don't, you know, not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> we oh, just really love it. And it and it's nice to have here locally. Yeah. So if you're local, go get it. You're going to love it. It will change your life. If you're not local, let us know and we'll mail it to you. I was going to say, we'll help you out. We'll, if you are that desperate, you think it sounds that good, then 
then call us and we'll we'll put together a care package we'll get you. and send it to you. All right. So first Corinthians thirteen. Is the love I chapter. I love and opposite of love this verse sometimes <laughs> because it's so challenging yeah oh man it you know you read through it oh love is this and love is that and it sounds good it looks really good when it's painted in script on a wall right know? or being said at a marriage ceremony yeah marriage they read it out loud and everybody's like oh but but when you put like where the rubber meets the road so to speak like right. this verse will kick you in the butt and make you look at yourself. If you read this verse while looking in a mirror, that's what needs to happen. Right. Like you need to stand in front of the mirror and read this verse and then ask yourself the question, am I these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep saying the verse. I Literally, it's the whole chapter. But we're going to skip ahead to verse 4. Uh, the beginning really just lays out this idea of you can have all the gifts. You can, you can have languages, you can have giftings, you can speak in tongues, you can have faith. But if you don't have love, then all of it is useless. Right. Um, and, and that is a great area to study. But we want, in, within the context of marriage, we want to dive straight into verse 4. So verse 4 is, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Hmm. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) No, it's so, it's like right there. That's enough for me to work on for the next month or year or 10 years. Uh, Love is patient. I, I need to work on that aspect just all by itself. I need to learn to be a little bit more patient. And, and obviously we're talking about this again in, in just looking at marriage. It, you should apply this to every area of your life, but, but are you patient with your spouse? Right. Are you patient with yourself concerning your spouse or concerning your marriage? Right. Like, love is patient. Love waits patiently for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve or accomplish or receive. And then and then the next part, love is kind. Yeah. You want to talk about that one? <laughs> you would ask me to talk about that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> Rude. Hey, I said I need to work on patience. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what you need to work on. Verse five says, "Or rude. Love is not rude." <laughs> so hey, he specifically asked me if I wanted to talk about that because that is a constant um, topic in my life: um, being kind and loving um, with kindness. Which to some people I have been told, oh, you're so kind. And I'm like, yeah, you should come live in my house. You're so sweet. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, hey, nobody's judging here. Not, right? not one person. Okay. So, um, yeah. So kindness is very important and it goes a long way. And um, it looks so um, different depending on like where you're at, what you're doing, whatever. Um, And that is what is hard for me is like figuring out. What does kindness look like? What does kindness look like? What do you mean kindness looks different? I just mean like what you might deem is as kind is different than what my daughter deems as kind is different than what I I deem as kind. Yeah, I think that's where we have to come back to the scripture and say, what does God deem as kind? Right. What does kindness look like from a scriptural perspective? And and 
Jesus comes to earth and was the epitome of, of all these things, right? Like right. he is, God is love. Jesus is God. You know, if A, A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, right? Jesus is love. And yet within the context of being patient and being kind includes reprimanding the Pharisees and weaving a whip and throwing people out of the table or out of the temple, you know, flipping over tables. I think I think that kindness doesn't necessarily mean meekness. Although meekness is a good thing to have, but it doesn't mean that you're always walking around with the sweetest voice and the <laughs> calmest demeanor and never saying anything aggressive. I think kindness just means treating people in a manner that doesn't put them down. You know, addressing an issue and not a person. So within within marriage, if you're being kind to your spouse, there may be a time where you and your spouse don't agree. I know this probably never happens in your home, but it has happened in our home. What? What? <laughs> where we don't agree. And it's, it's different than going, you don't know what you're talking about. And this isn't the way that... I was raised or, and, and suddenly tensions are in the air and there's, there's no kindness in your speech versus saying, Hey, I don't agree with you. And I might even still be aggressive. I might even still be like, no, that's not okay. Or this is not a truth. We are not on the same page, but I'm not attacking Cindy and she's not attacking me because we're working to operate in kindness. Right. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Um, I think those are, are areas that everybody can work on. I think for us specifically in, in verse four, patience and kindness are probably our, our two big ones. So when it says jealous or boastful or proud, I'm like, oh yeah, we got that. <laughs> and you know, and, and the last one's proud and I'm like, we got that. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so obviously I still have some work to do there. Maybe the Lord will, will move me on past the very first section of this as time goes by. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's important that if, if with again, within marriage, it's, it's not good to be jealous of your spouse. It's not good to boast over something you might have that they don't have. Or, you know, if, if I can operate in kindness and Cindy's struggling, I would never want to come in and be like, why can't you be more like me? Right. Like, what a terrible, <laughs> first of all, men, that's never going to work well, <laughs> ever. <laughs> So don't do it. Um, but I think it's true. Like, don't be boastful. Don't be jealous. Don't be proud. Be humble in your marriage. Be willing to submit to your spouse on both levels. Right. Men, submit to your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, Ephesians 5 tells us to submit to each other. Right. I think also um, you you said, um, like, being boastful and proud and stuff. Like, I think it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times in our this culture, like it's not okay to be wrong. Right. You have to be right. And right. if you're not right, then then it's automatically a reflection of who you are as a person. Yeah. And that's not true. Like it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to admit that you were wrong and it's right. okay to apologize <laughs> and Yeah, because I know. think I think that if you aren't operating on in these parameters, if you're not being patient and not being kind, even if you're quote unquote right, like even if the the language coming out of your mouth is the right words and the right things, but you do it not in kindness and not in patience and from a boastful position or from a rude position demanding your own way, you're wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you can be wrong and be right. <laughs> and we've got to be able to accept that. Right. Um, so anyway, we're reading out of the New Living, by the way. So if you are trying to follow along and your your Bible doesn't sound exactly like what we're reading, we're in the New Living Translation, uh, which we will read from a lot. And then we also read from the ESV a lot. And so just if you're ever listening and you want to look up our, the scriptures we're, we're looking at, I can guarantee you that most of the time it will be New Living. And most of the time when it's not New Living, it will be ESV. And very rarely will it be anything else. And we'll usually specify if it is. All right. So verse 5, or rude. Or because rude. it was saying love is not. Love is not um, proud or rude. It does not uh, demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. I think keeps no record of being wronged is a great place to kind of hone in on maybe some of the differences in in genders. Mm-hmm. And that's not to isolate people and say, oh, you are this way because you're a man or you are this way because you're a woman. But I think that more times than not, you and I both have heard stories of people who say, you know, man, my wife just brings up something from five years ago that I don't know. She's like, on this date, right. on this time. Yeah. And we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Not that men don't keep record of being wrong, but but I think I think that some wives have a, a, a little a book somewhere. Pile that they've written on each stone yeah. exactly what happened, and they're ready to throw them when they need to. From a woman's perspective, what does that look like for you? Um... Well, I am really bad at that because my brain functions a lot more like a man. So <laughs> I, I very, I don't, I struggle with like that concept. Yeah, you very rarely um, bring up. Yeah, it it has to be past. that you have like really deeply hurt me. Right. And then it's not that I'm throwing stones. It's that there's something that You're actually needs from a place to be of being hurt. Yeah, yeah. It actually needs to be fixed. It's not just me collecting a bunch of ammo. Right. Um, so for me, I, I really can't speak into that a whole lot other than to say women, like we need to get better at this as a gender like it's you i have heard on more than one occasion from men who are married or not married or dating or whatever and they're like just wait there's going to be a time where they're going to pull up you know all that you'd said and blah 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 right and like we we can't operate that way we have to be forgiving, we have to be loving, and we have to remember that we all are broken and we all have things that we struggle with and deal with and we don't do it right. And so if we will remember that we're all that way, then I think it will make it easier in the long run. And then we're not throwing stones at people. We're just living a life of love and forgiveness. Right. Well, I think you brought up a really good point earlier kind of off topic on topic you said that for you it's not really a challenge or or it's not something that you struggle with because you process things more like a man and i think that there are kind of some gender identity um aspects like not crisis for sure we know we're not we're not fans of that but but there is this idea of like men will think this way and women will think this way and what's been really funny throughout the course of our marriage is like anytime we've gone to a marriage conference or anytime we've done something 
where it's like typically in this situation, a man's response is this or a woman's response is this. And we see people all over the audience like nodding their heads in agreement and we're looking at each other like, that's backwards. <laughs> I I am the one that has to be careful not to keep a record of wrong, yeah. you know, and and she's the one that has to be careful not to just be um, a stone tablet when it comes to things that are that are emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I I definitely understand that there there is not a set. This is how a man will respond. This is how a woman will respond. The Lord's talking about this for everybody. That right. love doesn't keep a record of wrong. Love does not seek its own way and it is not irritable. And so I would encourage you don't don't use this as a tool for your spouse either to say, Hey, the Bible says love keeps no record of wrong, so you're sinning by keeping a record of wrong. Like, let's just all work on that together. Right. Let's just all grow together in that. Yeah. That's good. Verse 6, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Mm, that's so good. So there's this idea when we argue about being right or being wrong. But really, when there's an argument, it should be that we're seeking truth. Yeah. Like like when we're when we're debating each other, it's not that I want my way and you want your way. We're trying to figure out what is the truth. And how does the truth win out in this scenario? Because when we argue, if I win and you lose, we both lose. Let me just help you. The truth is that I'm right. Mm, no. <laughs> Not always. Sometimes you are right. Like once a year. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Twice a the year. The amount of times that you're like, all right, babe, you're uh. right. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this right now. Uh, we'll wait till the till the microphone is turned off. No, but for real, we really do we do try to pursue this idea yeah. of what is truth in this situation. Yeah. And and Cindy said earlier, be willing to be wrong. Sometimes truth is understanding the actual truth about a situation, but then sometimes truth is understanding a person's truth. And then realizing whether that's right or whether it's wrong and figuring out how to fix it. Because we're both different people who see things differently. So my reality about what happened and your reality about what happened are going to be viewed through my lenses and through your lenses. Right. And so sometimes it's just that we have to understand where the other person is coming from so that we can go, okay, that's your truth. This is my truth. What's the actual truth? I think it's important to note, like, this is a soapbox topic for me um, because I get so tired of people trying to teach relative truth. I think our culture says truth is relative, and I don't think that's what you're saying. Oh, no. But I want to clarify that we're when we say your perspective, my perspective, your truth, my truth, we're not talking about a relative what's true for me is true for me and what's true for you is true for you. Right. Like, we're literally talking about... You know, I love, there's a, a, a meme that went around or has still goes around of two people, two stick figures looking at a number on the ground. Oh, right. And from the one guy's perspective, it's a six. Right. And from the other guy's perspective, it's a nine because they're standing on opposite sides and they're arguing back and forth because there's no line, you know, on right. a on a flashcard my kids are are learning numbers and on a flashcard there's a line right under the six or under the nine to let you know hey this is what this number is and and in the and in the picture in the in this example there is no number and so one guy's saying it's a nine and the other guy's saying it's a six and the reality is 
is they're not wrong. Right. They're just looking at it from their own perspective. And so what they have to do is they have to, to if they really want to know what is this number, they would have to find the artist. Like mm-hmm. they would have to find the person who wrote the number. Yeah. And so for us in marriage, when I'm saying I see it as a six and she's saying I see it as a nine, we're learning, okay, wait a minute, your perspective, you do see it as a nine. And I understand that now. In my perspective, I do see it as a six. Right. And you understand that now. Okay. So together, let's go to the father. Right. And let's say, Lord, where does the line belong? Right. Is it a six or is it a nine? Um, I think that's more. Yeah. I think, That's exactly what I was meaning. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so verse seven is love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Woo. Man, that's good. I just was thinking endures through every circumstance. Like, A, the things that we've been through, mm-hmm. and then B, just like looking at our, our culture right now. And our culture is such a culture of giving up, and yeah. of, of every circumstance is a reason for divorce and, yep. you know, whatever. And, and I, I, I mean, debatable topic probably, but I believe that there are certain circumstances where divorce is, is okay um, because of abuse or whatever yeah I different think things like that but but I think that the first option is love never gives up love never loses faith love always hopes love endures through every circumstance right. and I think that we have a culture right now that is unwilling to do that and yeah. so the answer is just automatically divorce sure or 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 we don't want to get divorced so we're just roommates now you know living together it's not healthy either i think (laughs) i think again that's a topic man we could explore all by itself on an entire podcast and maybe we will one of these days not too far in the future but i think that when it comes to the topic of divorce it comes to the idea i'm like 150 percent against it but i'm also aware and sensitive that there are situations that people get themselves in that are where there's abuse Mm -hmm. or there's you know mistreatment or whatever and i think that there is if you're being abused then yeah let's try to get you some help right let's get you to safety or whether even if it's emotional it doesn't have to be physical abuse but i think that i think that even within church culture People get offended a little too easily. And so, well, yeah. he was abusive or she was abusive. Right. It's like, eh, you were sensitive. Yeah. And and I'm probably a little on the harsh side when it comes to that. I know that about myself. And so I'm admitting that like right here and now. I, <laughs> I know that that's something I need to be more, I guess, sensitive to people's needs or where people are. That's but why I, I said debatable topic. But very at debatable the end, topic. The, the main thing that I wanted to talk about was just the idea of our culture and how how they are so easy as a culture right now to just throw in the towel. Yeah. Any excuse is a good excuse to just throw in the towel. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that culturally you can't see the difference statistics in the church or out of the church when it comes to divorce. And right. I think we should. Yeah. I think that love never giving up, never lo- losing faith, always being hopeful and enduring through every circumstance. Man, that's like, again, so much to work on. These three verses, four, five, six, or four verses, four, five, six, and seven, are so much 
to like, hey, I could read this every day, make a list of patience, kindness, jealousy, boastfulness, proud, mm-hmm. you know, and and then see where am I at? Am I being this or am I avoiding that? Um, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing here within my marriage? And, and not just within your marriage, but if you'll focus on it with your marriage, then you'll find yourself treating your children with kindness yeah. and being patient with your neighbor and being not being boastful with your coworkers and right. like you'll find yourself living that way yeah. it will spread to all your relationships i go back to every relationship is based on the marriage relationship because that's and because the marriage relationship is based on jesus yeah like that's such a powerful thought so yeah yeah so i'm going to wrap this up um and read a verse from first john 4 it's verse 16 it says we know how much god loves us and we have put our trust in his love god is love and all who live in love live in god and Mm. god lives in them that's good and um i talked about this not too long ago with our fourth and fifth graders at church and we talked about the idea of if god is love and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them, then there's no reason that love shouldn't be flowing out of us. Through like right. the power of the Holy Spirit and God in us, us in God, like it's all flowing together, yep. then there's just no reason that this shouldn't flow out of us. And when we are struggling, we know who to go to. We mm-hmm. know who the source is. We know... Um, how to just pause for a minute and kind of reset and yep. say, okay, starting over, <laughs> you know, like, um, and just run to the father. And I mean, he is love, so he can show us how to do it and he can, you know, walk us step by step. And so if you're, you know, sitting here going, man, this is something I really need to work on, or this is kicking my butt, you know, like run to the father and let him show you because he will, he's faithful. And if we trust in him and we know how much he loves us, then there's no reason that we can't run to him and let him show us that and let so it flow good. out of us. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. I think about our marriage and where our marriage would be if we didn't try to operate out of love. Mm-hmm. Not that we do it great. Not right. that we're always perfect. But that getting a hold of this concept of God in us being love and love overflowing, even in the midst of when we're in a disagreement or mm-hmm. even in the midst of, of a major crisis, we right. can hold on to love for each other. Yep. And and it gets us through every time. Yep. So I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll be done. Father, I just thank you so much for um, being with us. God, I thank you that you are love and that you show us love and that because of that, we can show other people love. God, I pray that you would help us to love our spouses, to love our families, and to love those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>